he knows but he needs to see he knows but he needs to see we take a reading from matthew chapter 9 from matthew chapter 9 verse 1 to 8 and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city and behold they brought to him a man sick of the palsy lying on a bed and Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, a certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your heart? For whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thine house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power. Amen. Now my emphasis is on verse 1 and 2. When Jesus had entered his, into his own city, he came, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick, Be of good cheer, thy sins are forgiven. Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus, seeing their Verse 1 says, He entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city he came into his own city and jesus seeing their faith i'm talking to you about a subject that he knows but he needs to see he knows but he needs to see jesus knows it jesus knows what you are going through jesus is aware of what you are going through in life but he needs to see something god is aware of all that is happening god is aware of the situation he knows what is happening but he needs to see he needs to see jesus the bible says seeing their faith said that son thy sins are forgiven thee you know a lot of younger generation for example in my country ghana there are a lot of younger generation including myself who have heard about or who heard about the first president of the republic of ghana we have heard about him i've heard about him i believe a lot of young people have heard about him we have seen his pictures we have heard his vid uh, him his speeches we have heard him talk on the independence day talking about the fact that Ghana is free forever. A lot of things we have heard, but most of us never saw him. Most of us never saw him. So the people who saw him, they both heard and saw him. But for us, we only heard and we never saw him. These are two dimensions. There is a knowledge that comes through reported speech which can never equalize knowledge that comes by self-witness. There is a certain knowledge that comes by reported speech, 
So you realize that people will come and tell you that we saw him. We saw him how he was, his vision, his plans, and all that. But there are people too who lived and they saw him demonstrate his vision. They saw him and his life and the way he does his things. You realize that the two of us are not the same. When it comes to living reality, when it comes to living testimony, when it comes to giving out proofs, those who have seen him will be in a better position to better describe the events of their day. But for us, because we only heard and we never saw, we are limited in some arena. In the same way, Jesus, the Bible said, that even though he was in his own city, and being in his own city means that he possibly could have heard that there was a man in the city who was sick of the palsy. But the Bible said that with the knowledge about the condition of the man, that alone never brought healing to the man. When you read verse 1, Jesus came into his own city. And being in his own city, I believe that Jesus, one way or the other, even though the Bible is not stated in, that he may have heard, he may have heard, he may have heard, he may have heard that the man possibly could be sick. But even if he heard, that alone was not enough to bring healing to the man. But the Bible says that a time came that his friends, his family, a group of people, decided to bring the man who is sick of the palsy and bring him to Jesus, lying on a bed. But when Jesus also saw the man at that time, Jesus could feel that, ah, this man is sick. Jesus realized that the man they have brought needs healing. But the knowledge of the condition of the man was not enough to activate the resident power of healing in Jesus. I repeat, the knowledge about the condition of the man was not enough to activate the resident power of healing in Jesus. Until Jesus saw that which had to be seen, there was no healing. Until Jesus saw that which had to be seen, there was no healing. Jesus or God is looking forward to see that which has to be seen. Otherwise, you will not encounter that realm of testimony that God wants you to enjoy. So, what was Jesus looking for? Jesus knew about the situation. He knew about the condition because they had brought the man to him. So I came to tell somebody, Jesus knows your situation, God knows what you are going through, but there is something he needs to see. What was, looking, what was Jesus looking forward to? Jesus, the Bible said that, and seeing their faith, said unto the sick, your sins are forgiven. And when he read downwards, he said that, son, get arise, take up your bed and go to the house. And that was the healing Jesus brought to the man. So Jesus knew about the situation, but he needed to see their faith. He needed to see their faith. Faith is the activation force of the healing power. Faith is that energy in Christ that remains activated. Immediately faith is introduced into a situation. 
for anything you desire from God, for anything you want from God, if you pray about anything outside of faith, you are likely not to see results. And so, the element of faith is a necessity for testimony. The element of faith is a necessity for breakthrough. The element of faith is a necessity for you to see the glory of God. Faith activates the power of God. Faith is complete when you add works to it. I will come there. But let us read something. Because if you pray... I have seen people who pray a lot. We pray, we pray, we pray. Prayer is good. But prayer in the absence of faith or in the presence of doubt does not yield much result. I mean, in the book of Mark chapter number 11, verse number 22 to number 24, the Bible said, And Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. I repeat, Therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things ye desire, when ye pray, believe, Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. So there is an introduction of belief or faith. It says that you should believe that you have received them and you shall have them. Believe that you receive. It means that when you pray, you don't have until you receive. Having is different from receiving. When you pray, the only time you receive is when you apply faith. The difference between having and receiving is that having is, upside, is, is in the absence of faith, but receiving is in the presence of faith. He said, when ye pray, believe that ye receive, and ye shall have them. Believe that ye shall receive them, and ye shall have them. So, when you introduce the element of faith to your life or your situation, then you receive it. So you receive before you have it. Having it is the, is the physical manifestation. But you receive everything you pray for before you actually have it. Can I say this again? Everything you need, you don't have it until you receive it. And you only receive what you need when you introduce the element of faith. And until you introduce the element of faith and you are able to receive it, you will never have it. And so when you pray, believe that what you have prayed for, you have received it. And when you have received it, by the introduction of faith, 
then you shall have it. Hallelujah. Whatsoever things you desire, believe that you receive it. Believe is the element of faith that you receive them and you shall have them. So when we pray, we pray and we receive it. We receive it before we have it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But I will give you another realm where I came to also tell you that there is a realm of belief which will cause you to receive before you have. But there is another realm where you need to add works to your faith so that we know that you are not just believing. Because James will say that if you have faith and you do not have works, then your faith is dead, is properly dead. Faith activates the power of God. Without faith, no man can please God. All that God needs to see is to see your faith. God knows about what you go through, but he needs to see a demonstration of your faith. For without faith, no man can please God. Let me show you something from the book of James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse number 14 to 26. James chapter 2, verse number 14 to 26. What does it profit, my brethren, my brethren, though a man may say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? That's a question. If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to their body. What does it profit? <laughs> I don't know if you got what I just read. What does it profit? If somebody comes to you, eh, your brother or sister is naked, and when your, your naked brother comes to you, all that you tell your brother is that, Oh, my brother, you know that Jesus has given us the garment of righteousness. And so, my brother, uh, go in peace. And may you feel warm. Because, I mean, when you put on a garment, you are warmed. So may you be warmed and... Uh, uh, go in peace. The Bible says that when you say such to a brother and don't do those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? For an, or another example, he also mentioned that if your brother comes to you or your sister comes to you and is destitute of daily food, your brother or sister is in need of daily food and he comes to you and says that, uh, my brother, give me food to eat. And you tell him or her, depart in peace. And may you be filled with food. With all your faith. If you declare, may he be filled. And you don't give him or her those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? And God or James compares this analogy to the element of faith. I hope you are following me. James compares this story or this analogy to faith. So when you read verse 17 
James goes ahead to say, even so faith. So it means that he's comparing to the earlier part, he's comparing the earlier part of the story to this element, this introduction of faith. He said, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Being alone. So when you claim you have faith alone and there are no works backing your faith, backing your works, that it is it has no worth. If you have all the words and there are no works backing the words, then it is of no worth. Until you introduce works to back your words, then you see the worth of your situation. What am I trying to say? He said that faith without works alone is dead. Being alone, it is dead. Yes, a man may say that thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your faith without thy works and I will show you my faith by my works. I will show you my faith by my works. So it means that what will make others know that you, have, uh, you are a man or a woman of faith is your works. What will let God also see that you are a man or woman of faith is the introduction of works. Somebody say works. So works are a necessity to strengthen the ideology of faith. If you say that you have faith and there are no works, then it means that what you are saying is just an, a mental phenomenon. It's just a mental assertion. There are no works to back your faith. Verse 19 says, Thou believes that there is one God, thou doest well. Even the devil also believes, and he trembles, that there is only one God. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. Faith without works is imperfect. Faith with works is made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. So when you read Mark 11, Mark 11 says that when you stand to pray, believe that you have received and you shall have it. But as we progress in scripture, we also come to understand that believing alone is not enough. When you believe, it is the first level. The first level is to believe. Actually, the first level is to have hope. And the second level, because without hope, there's no element of faith. If you have no hope that your situation will change, then, then, then there's nothing to talk about again that will make you convinced. Because hope is the foundation. But beside, beside hope, the second level is to believe. Because the Bible said that to him that believeth all things are possible. 
all things are possible to him that believes. So believing is also the second level. But the third level of what God wants to see is not just believing, but also adding works to your belief. And that is what James is saying, that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is imperfect. Faith without standing alone is dead. If a man comes to you that he needs warmth, naked man, and you tell him to go in peace, and that may God give him warmth. May God give him, uh, especially if it's a, it's, a, it's a cold season, and, and you say that may God give you warmth. That alone is dead. It's a dead situation. Hallelujah. Faith activates the power of God. Faith is what God wants to see in your life. There are people who are going through all kinds of situations. And sometimes we get to a realm where you are waiting for God to do something for you. I have had people come talk to me and say, Man of God, I received this prophecy about my life. This person said this about me. Many years ago, I dreamt and I saw this and that and that. Why is it that it has not come to pass? You see, there is a realm where God talks about patience. Patience is a, it's a virtue. Patience is an attitude. Patience is good. But patience means doing nothing. Faith means doing something. Patience is doing nothing. Faith is doing something. When you are patient, it is good. Everybody wants a patient person. Everybody wants a son who is patient or a daughter who is patient. Everybody needs a customer who is patient. If you have a customer who is not patient, who is impatient, you have a big trouble. If you have people around you who are impatient, even you yourself, if you are impatient, you are trouble to a lot of people. But you see, patience is doing nothing. Patience is doing, but faith is doing something. Faith comes to reality when there is the introduction of works. Now, the other thing is this. We talk about faith because faith is not believing God for something. Let me say this. Faith is not trusting God for him to give you something. Faith is rather trusting God to receive that which he has already given to you. So, when you pray, you don't pray because God is now going to give you something. His divine power has given unto us. Oh, Malabo Shataya. Lindele Barondo Bosha. Kindele Bondabaya. His divine power has already given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Hallelujah. His divine power has already given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. His divine power has given unto us everything that pertains to life and to godliness. We have received it already. His divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So everything that pertains to life through the power of God, we have already received it. And when you read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So you see, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So, we are already blessed. We are not now going to be blessed. We are not praying for blessings. You are blessed. You are already blessed. You know, last time I was teaching my church, and I was telling them that going to heaven is a very important thing. All of us will go to heaven. That is, it is good. But heaven is not just a place. Heaven is also a life. Heaven is a kingdom. Heaven is not just a place. It is a life. It is a kingdom. Heaven is a culture. Heaven is an atmosphere. So you don't die before you go to heaven. The Bible says that in the book of Colossians, in the book of Colossians chapter 1, when you read the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse number verse number 12 and 13, it says that giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So it means that you and I, we have already been qualified by faith in Christ. We have already been qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. We are not now trying by your prayer, trying by your fasting, trying by your giving to be qualified for the saints, for the inheritance of the saints. The inheritances of the saints, eh? The, is the saints' inheritances. We have already received them. And we receive them through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. This kind of reconciliation, the Bible said that God, through this work, made us meet. The word meet there means that we were qualified. It means that we were, we were able to meet the, 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 the requirements. We were able to meet the standard. And this was not done by our works. It was done by grace, through faith in Christ. Through this action, we have been qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Oh, Jesus. And the verse 13 says that, Who has delivered us? from the power of darkness you are not now going to be delivered you are already delivered verse 13 says who has delivered us i want to ask you is it a present tense is it a past tense or a future tense he didn't say who will deliver us from the power of darkness he didn't say that who is delivering us from the power of darkness. But he says that we have been made me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. That is why as if somebody is a Christian and is still afraid of the power of darkness, I don't understand you. Because it means that your understanding to the scriptures needs some more push. You need to go back to the Bible and, 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 and read and get to know your position, your possession, and your identity in Christ. He says that we have already been delivered from the power of darkness. We were delivered. Having disarmed him by the cross, we have already been delivered from the power. And he says that not only that, we have also been translated. So, we have been translated 
into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. We have been translated into his kingdom, Jesus Christ. I don't know if you are getting what I'm trying to say here. We are not now going to be translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You and I, we are already in the kingdom. We are already. He said he has delivered us from the power of darkness. And he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we are already in heaven. We are, heaven is on earth. But you see, heaven is not on earth for every person. There are some people who will die. And by the time they go to heaven, it was only when they died. Because maybe all their life, they lived all kinds of life. And maybe at the point of death or something, they accept Jesus Christ. And, and, and maybe by grace, they enter into heaven. They would have missed a lot of things on earth. But for you and I, who have been made meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who have been delivered already from the power of darkness or the kingdom of darkness and have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You and I, we are already in the kingdom. We are kingdom citizens. We are already in heaven. So you don't need to die before you go to heaven. Those of you who have just been waiting for the day you go to heaven and all your life is, uh, Jesus is coming again and... When Jesus is coming, or when Jesus comes, uh, he will come and take us to heaven. So, all your life is about going to heaven. My brother, you are far behind. We are already in heaven. In fact, you entered into heaven the day you accepted Christ. What you are, you are supposed to do is, now that you are in heaven and you are on earth, you are supposed to demonstrate heaven on earth. You are supposed to live heaven on earth. You are supposed to make all the world see that you are in heaven. Let you see, he said, ye are in the world, but you are not of the world. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. It means that you can be in this world. The fact that we are in this world and we are not departed does not mean that we are of this world. So we are citizens of heaven. Listen, an American citizen can be in Zimbabwe. When an American citizen is in Zimbabwe, it doesn't mean that the fact that he's in Zimbabwe, he's a, he, he's a Zimbabwean, whichever way you put it. Or he comes from uh, Zimbabwe. Or his roots is in Zimbabwe. As long as he's an American and he's in Zimbabwe, wherever he is does not change his identity. Wherever he is does not change who he is. If he's in Zimbabwe, he's still an American. If he's in Ghana, he's still an American. If he's in Australia, he's still an American. If he's in Japan, he doesn't become a Japanese. He's an American. So in the same way, we are in this world, but we are not of the world. The day we accepted Jesus Christ, we were moved. We were translated. Oh, Malo Shakabaya. We are no more. We are not waiting for heaven. We are already in heaven. And so don't wait to die before you go to heaven, my brother. You need to live now and live heaven on earth. Let people see. Because in heaven, we do not cry. In heaven, there is no lack. In heaven, oh my God, there is no failure in heaven. That is why I came to tell you that you cannot fail in life. You cannot fail. No matter what, don't call it failure. That is not failing. That is not failing. You cannot fail in life. You cannot be disappointed in life because disappointment is not in heaven. Something must change, something must shift 
about you. It is your mindset, your mindset and your understanding of scripture is what is what releases the element of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You cannot walk into the deeper dimensions of faith until the word is introduced. Oh, I don't know, but I feel something here. Let me just show you something. Let's read the scripture from Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. The Bible said, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood, twelve years, came behind him, and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good cheer, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Amen. And Jesus and when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the ministers and the people making an oracle and there, he said, Thy faith has made thee whole. So listen, look at the two dimensions of belief and faith. Faith. In fact, when you read other scriptures, other portions of the gospel, it talks about the fact that the woman had suffered many things from physicians. It means that, I mean, you go to one physician, you don't get your healing. You go to another, you don't get your healing. And he said he has suffered many things from many physicians. It means that he kept on going, moving from one doctor to another doctor because she had hope. That is why I said that hope is the foundation of what God wants to see. He knows, but you need to demonstrate some hope. A tree that is cut, a tree that is cut, even the stamp of the tree has hope. That at the scent of water, it will sprout again. How much more you, child of God? Don't lose hope, no matter what you are going through. The woman was moving from one physician to another, not because she had faith, not because of any, but just because of the element of hope. There is hope in every situation. There is hope in every death situation. Hallelujah. There was this story about a research that was done where they put two mices in water. One was put in, 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 in a barrel and it was covered. And the other was put in water also and was covered. But the second one, they allowed some little rays of light to penetrate through the barrel. And the story comes to conclude that at the end of the, 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 the test or the, the, or the research, the the animal or that was put in the barrel totally covered died but the one that was put in the barrel with an introduction of uh, light rays was still alive and they concluded that most of the times the light rays which represent hope is what saves people a lot of people who walk about in life without hope 
usually will die early. Usually will have their situations becoming worse and worse. But anytime there is light, a little light, there is an introduction of hope. Meaning that it means that there is you will definitely come out of wherever you are. The mouse felt that because of the light, where I am, I'm surrounded by darkness. But no matter what, I will one day come out of this barrel. I will one day because he, he saw the light somewhere. Can I tell somebody that no matter what you are going through, no matter how old your situation has been, even if your situation is older than you, I came to tell you that have some hope. There is hope for you. There is hope in your situation. There is hope for your life. There is hope for that business that is collapsing. There is hope for that your child. There is hope for that your sickness. There is hope. There is hope for that disease. There is hope for that a scholarship you need nobody nobody is even catering for you i mean i know some people when even the, the money to buy food is very difficult i know some people like that there is hope for you one day you come out of that situation no condition is permanent on earth even death itself even death a time is coming death itself will be cast into the lake of fire even death has is not is not permanent what are you talking about what are you saying what are you talking about? There is hope in every situation. A tree that is cut, even the stem knows that at the scent of water, it will bud, it will sprout up again. So, hope is a necessity. The woman with the issue of blood kept on moving from one doctor to another doctor, not because she has a lot of money, not because she has a lot of wealth, but because she had hope. But it didn't end there. Look at the scripture. It says that beside the hope, Verse number 21. She said, she had said within herself, that is believe. She had said, you see, verse 20 says, the woman which had the issue of blood came behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. Then verse 21 says, for she had said within herself. This means that this statement or this one happened before the touching of the garment. So before the touching of the garment, the woman had said in herself, that if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. That is belief. That is belief. So when you have hope, the next thing is that you need to believe. You need to believe in him. You need to believe in him. You need to believe in him. That he is able to make you whole. Man Delebosha. He is able to make you whole. Believe. But you see, belief did not also end there. The woman says that, the Bible says that, in verse 20, the woman came from behind him and touched the hem of his garment. That is the introduction of works, adding works to the belief of the hope. <laughs> so hope plus belief and works makes faith complete and perfect. So she decided, I will touch the hem of his garment. And it was until she touched the hem that the resident power in Jesus started working. So having hope is not enough, but it is necessary. Believing that God will do it, believing that God will do it, believing that God will do it is not enough, but it is necessary. Now, it is until you introduce works to the belief that is when you see the glory of God. 
And so the Bible said, the moment she, she touched the hem of Jesus, Jesus turned and said, somebody has touched me. He said, ah, there are many people here, but why do you say that somebody? He said, no. Virtue has gone out of me. He said, daughter, thy faith has made you well. He didn't say, daughter, your hope has made you well. He didn't say, daughter, your belief has made you well. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the Bible said, and the woman was made whole from that hour. I pray for you that as you, if you are, if your hope is gone, may you receive activated hope. May your faith be renewed. May your hope be renewed in the name of Jesus. And I pray for you that no matter what doctors have said about your condition, no matter what has happened, no matter what, there is hope. There is hope for you. There is hope. Hallelujah. There is hope for your life. When Jesus comes to the scene, hope is released. When Jesus comes to the scene, belief is released. When Jesus comes to the scene, faith is released. I pray for you that you will not lose hope. And may your, may your faith be activated. Go back for the works. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment and that was the works. So God knows what you are going through but he needs to see your faith. He needs to see your faith. Let me just try to conclude by saying this Hebrews chapter 11 Hayadabusha He said that now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by faith the elders obtained a good report now faith is the substance of things not seen for by it, the elders obtained a good report. So if you want a good report, you need to release your faith. Good report does not come until you have released your faith. Good report. May somebody receive good report this year. Every situation you are in, receive a good report. Is it about your citizenship which they have freezed? Is it about your right to work which has been locked up in Europe? Is it about your financial life? Is it about your business? I pray may you receive a good report this month in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, by faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen which were not made by things which do appear. We understand the world was framed by the word. It means that the foundation of faith is the word of God. You can't say you have faith outside of the word. So that is why after sharing with you on Healing Room, you need to go back to God and go and visit his word one-on-one and, and devour the word. Eat the word. Look for the word. What does the Bible talk say about, about your situation? You are going through barrenness. What does the Bible say about barrenness? Go to the word yourself. Look for it yourself. Because you see, no matter how sick you are, and no matter how much I love you, I cannot take your medicine for you. If my wife is sick, and... She said, oh, baby, 
can you take my medicine for me? You see, you know that you told me on the altar that you love me so much and you'll be with me in Rachel, in whatever, in whatever. No, no matter how much I love you, as long as you are sick, you are supposed to take the medicine yourself. Nobody takes medicine for another man. Nobody takes drugs for another person. If you are sick of malaria, you need to take your anti-malaria drugs yourself. I cannot take it for you. If I take it for you, you will forever remain sick. I can even also enter into sickness. Listen, it's the same way faith works. Faith must be generated by yourself. Faith is not imparted. Faith is generated by yourself. Listen, somebody who is a, has a spirit of faith can pray for you. But after the prayer, it is not enough. You need to go back and search the scriptures yourself. Do it yourself. Otherwise, you will not walk in that realm. What does the Bible say about economic recession? When we read Genesis, I think chapter 26, when there was famine in the land, a businessman called Isaac wanted to do business and wanted to leave the city to another place. And God told Isaac that, Isaac, stay in the land where you are. For in this place, I will bless you. In this same land, you will multiply. And God honored his word about Isaac. If you're a businessman and your finances and your business is going down, what must you do? What did God say about people who went through financial issues or business going down? What did God say? What does the scripture say? Isaac received divine direction.